This podcast is sponsored by King Manual Therapy, restoring function to body and voice. We're just interrupting the start of your podcast to tell you about the Industry Minds Awards in association with Apollo Artist Management. The Industry Minds Awards will be held at Piano Works West End on Sunday the 22nd of September. The event is further sponsored by Bass Dance Studios, Bumble Biz, Theatre Accounts and Still Point Space. The judges for the awards include Rosalie Craig, Paul Taylor Mills, Arlene Phillips, Stephen Meir, Denise Welch, Tyrone Huntley and Broadway World. You can find a link to tickets on our Twitter and Instagram feeds and we'll also put it in the description of this podcast. We hope to see you there. Now, on with today's podcast. joined by the fabulous Susie Aries. How are you today, Susie? Good. Very excited. Susie's wearing an amazing jumper. I wish you could all see it. It's it's fabulous. (laughs) Well, it's it's went officially autumn now. Oh, it's really upsetting. Summer is is gone. It's gone. It's no, it's not okay. It's not okay. Do you like summer? I love summer. Favourite season? Yes, absolutely favourite season. I just like that you don't have to, (laughs) sounds really bad, I don't have to wear much. Yes, exactly. I feel like as soon as it gets into autumn and winter, you have to buy more clothes. Mm. It's more money, it's expensive, not into it, not into it. Absolutely not. So Susie, we always start with a little game. Okay. This is the word association game. Oh no. So the first thing that comes into your head, are you ready? Oh yeah. (laughs) Pancakes. Lemon. Happiness. Dogs. Yes, dogs. I've got a dog. I'll show you after. Uh, musicals. Waitress. Summer. Hot. London. The big wheel thing. Oh, <laughs> the London Eye. <laughs> Valley tights. Oh, horrible. The sugar babes. Push the button. Oh, yes. Last one. This is my favourite one. It has made appearance quite a lot. Crocs. Oh, God. <laughs> Have you ever owned a pair of Crocs? No, but my mum does. But she only is allowed to wear them in the garden, doing okay. gardening. So that's all right. They that's can stay fair. in the back garden. They can stay there. Actually, I think my dad has a pair of black ones that he wears out as well into the garden. Yeah. I feel like it's a garden theme. Yeah, I guess because it works. It's just you slip them on. Yeah, No one needs to, to see them. They're ready to go. I've, I've seen many crocs, neon crocs. Ugh. Yeah. Tragic. No, no. Tragic. <laughs> so, Susie... So we always like to start at the very beginning. Chat to us about how you got into performing. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so I always did Amdram when I was little. I kind of did it all the way up from, I think we, we, we moved house when I was six. And I just, I did all the, all the Amdram shows from like playing Bogey the Village Idiot in yes. Dracula Spectacular <laughs> when I was like seven to, I know, I went all the way up and did, I think I did West Side Story and played Maria when I was 19. Amazing. Um, for the, what was that, the Wickham Youth Theatre. And it was, you put a production together in two weeks and it was like the best thing I've ever done. I love it. In my life. <laughs> so great. Um, and I don't, in, in terms of professionally, I met a singing teacher um, who was like, have you ever thought about doing this professionally? And I was like, well, I'll go to uni and I'll, you know be an actor and, and get auditions and stuff. And he was just like, <laughs> have you thought of drama school? And I was like, what's that? 
yeah. so I was 16 um, and so from then on I kind of auditioned for Italia Conti when I was 16 and I was given a place but um, it was a three-year course I, we didn't have the money to pay for yeah, the full three years and so I went to did sixth form and then auditioned again after sixth form as like almost like university yeah. um, and got offered a place on the one-year course of which my parents said right you can you can we can afford it for one year yeah. um but if you want to carry on for the second and third years you need to get some funding for it and I was just like yeah yeah I will yeah and I did so yeah so yes, did, did three did. years at Conti which is great Conti represent <laughs> woohoo amazing mm. and then in terms of after that you've done I think you've done Legally Blonde you've done yeah Cruise. yeah so I did um when I graduated I had six months working in a bar which was so horrible oh I feel and, yeah yep and then um, just got so lucky and, and landed a, 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 the lead performer on a carnival trip. Amazing. Um, so I did that in 2014, I believe. Yeah, 2014, 2015. Um, and then kind of went from that ship and, and re-auditioned again and, and got another ship. And so I basically did two contracts with amazing. Carnival, um, which was amazing. And I got my travelling bug out. I saved money, which performers can't usually yes. do when you're in London, exactly. obviously. Um, which was really cool. And then I kind of... I, I finished I finished on ships because as much as the, the shows at Carnival were amazing and, and you had that the singing was was crazy one of the shows in particular was was my favorite favorite thing but there wasn't a great deal of acting involved in okay. it and I think the kind of actor within me was kind mm. of needing something gritty to get hold of yeah. so I thought okay two contracts I think that's enough and, yeah. and then we'll, we'll come back to London so um, and then I was quite lucky after that within a few months I um, was offered um, Margot in Legally Blonde, which was um, unfortunately not the West End one. Still. Um, dream. Um, <laughs> it was the um, the first fringe production of it in London, which was at Upstairs at the Gatehouse. Um, and it was so much fun. And we had Jodie Jacobs in the cast, yeah. who was just inspirational every single night, just like whacking out these kind <laughs> of crazy notes and... And she was just a really, really good fun as well. Plus, the rest of the cast was so great. And it's great as well about cruise ships. I think there's still... I feel like it's going, but I feel like there was such a stigma on, on cruise ships. But yeah. actually, they're the most incredible thing. Like like you said, you come back with money. You get to see the world. You're performing every single day. You come back with an amazing town. Like, yeah, I, I, I really think people are so incredibly wrong. It's almost like if someone's offered a cruise ship in third year, and I know this was definitely the case when I, when I graduated, someone's offered a cruise ship when, they, when they're in third year people are like mm, well I mean yeah. do you really want to do that and I'm like yes yes you yeah. do want to do that because when you're young it's the best thing to do and you get to you get to travel the world for free you get to you don't have to pay for your food you don't have to pay for your accommodation you get to like do the do these shows and, and for me personally I think I no, no disrespect to Conti at all because it was an amazing three years mm. of training but in terms of learning professionally, I think I learned more within those kind of two oh, yeah. contracts about me as a performer than I, than I did at yeah. college because it was just that chance of singing a whole song and do, performing a whole show exactly. when you just don't get that chance yeah. at college. It's six, 16 bars in a single yeah, lesson. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. I think you, like working in a professional atmosphere as soon as you come out, and it's intense as well. Mm. Like, oh, yeah, you imagine. have to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like, yeah, it sounds... I've not done a cruise, but I really want to. Yeah, sounds it. amazing. So, as we just said, there you graduated Tally Conti in two thousand thirteen. What has your experience in the arts been like since you graduated? We all have the kind of in betweens 
of jobs and, and not working. What has your experience been like? It's been it's been up and down. It really has. Like there's been uh, there's been quite a few moments where I've thought, God, is this is this worth it? Is mm. it is it is this for me? Kind of like because it's amazing when you're and, and this is the thing about the arts. It's it's it is the best industry in the whole world when you're doing it. Yeah. When you have when you have the performing job, when you're on the stage, it, there's no better feeling. There's no office job, no other industry can compare to how we feel when we're on a stage and performing. But there's the flip side of that. There's nothing worse and there's yeah. no worse industry than when you're not in it. And that's really how I felt. It was that awful roller coaster of, of those peaks and, and then the massive troughs. And, and I've always struggled to find that magical flexible job that everyone's mm. searching for yeah. that allows you to audition so hard and it is it is and it's I, I don't oh you know like it's that like there are certain jobs that do allow you flexibility mm. like call centers and um I don't know uh promo work yeah. and things like that but you just want to rip your eyeballs out. Mm. You, like you don't. It's not something you want to do. You don't want to be there. And so it's so hard. And, and I absolutely like marvel at the people that are doing these flexible, like like certain flexible jobs where they can still be an actor yeah. and actually enjoying themselves. I'm just like, how do you do it? Tell me so your secret. It's, it's trying to be getting that regular income, being creative, still being able to go on audition. Like it. it feels impossible sometimes doesn't it it's like getting the money to continue professional development as well it's like exactly like you, you yes you, you need to earn the money to pay your rent that's important but equally you can't just earn the money to pay your rent but have and no time to go to dance class or go to a singing lesson or these things because then what's the point you'll go to yeah. an audition the first audition you've had in five months and be shit because yeah. you haven't been practicing yeah, exactly yeah exactly it's so hard mm-hmm. um have you noticed um since graduating 2013 have you noticed a kind of change towards mental health and the creative arts oh absolutely yeah I feel like especially I mean I mean being being here is amazing but then there's also there's these the support groups on Facebook like Bossy yes. and Musical Theatre Appreciation Society yeah love, love it <laughs> um and um I don't know if it's like the hustle and, and things like that. There's a lot of places where if you need to get something out and get you some can. support from somebody, you really can and you are supported. Yeah. Um, and especially kind of the people that run those pages as well do an amazing job of getting rid of the people that aren't supportive. Because yeah. I've definitely, Trolls. I've not, yeah, I've not personally been in the situation where I've had people put me down, but I've seen it happen. Okay. But then they're not on there anymore. So it's like, yeah, yeah. They, 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 do, they do an excellent job, but... It's been massively needed, I think, kind yeah. of to have just people there to support how hard it is. Because I, I don't think people in other industries um, doing muggle jobs, as I like to call them. Yes, absolutely, um, muggle yeah. job. <laughs> um, I don't think they, they fully understand. I mean, yes, there are similarities between our industry and other industries in terms of kind of an interview is like mm. an audition. That's the only similarity I can think yeah, of anyway. Yeah. But it's... They have support, they have like the support of kind of their HR departments or their colleagues that they work with consistently. We don't have any consistency within what we do and so it's really, really difficult. But as I said, when you do it, it's the best thing in the world and I do not, I do not plan to give that up. Absolutely. Easily. Absolutely. (laughs) 
Um, so we are not just here to talk about the industry today. Um, we are here to raise awareness for your amazing fundraiser um, and hopefully get lots of money so that you can get the treatment that you need. Yes. Um, so you were diagnosed with an aggressive form of ovarian cancer in 2017. Would you be able to share with us your journey on your diagnosis with us? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, well, I guess I'll start with kind of like beforehand. So I was, I had all the symptoms that ovarian cancer shows. Had I known them back then, I would have thought sooner, okay, this isn't right. Um, But me being me, I just kind of, I tend to get on with things. If I'm not feeling fully well, I just kind of plow on as you do as you do as a performer you have to the show must go on um and so I was feeling bloated I had lost my appetite I was I don't know I I needed to go to the loo a lot more um and I had kind of tummy pains and those are all the symptoms of ovarian cancer but um, little did I know but so it got to the point where it was around Christmas time New Year time when I was really really poorly but I didn't go to the doctors until about kind of early, mm-hmm. early, mid-January. And um, I had blood tests and they showed certain kind of things that, that had popped up, like, um, I don't know, like an infl- inflammatory markers in the blood test or my kidney function being low and things like that. But n- no kind of cancer marker specifically that they... I, d- I don't think they would have been looking for that anyway. Yeah. I'm 20... I was 25 at the time. But yeah. that's not, it's not something that... You expect, and that's even what the doctor said. I mean, she told me worst case scenario, look, it could be cancer, but very, very unusual in a twenty-five-year-old. And I was just like, okay. So I then, within a month, I had um, ultrasound, I had MRI scan. Um, I couldn't have a CT scan because my kidney function was so bad. But um, having all this, they they were like, okay, we can see there is something in there. Let's get it out. So within a month, I was in surgery. Um, had a big tumour removed. It was a, kind of about the size of a melon, about 10 cool. by 15 centimetres. Um, so they took that out. So I was still kind of like, right, not cancer. No, it's it can't be. It's not, yeah. I was not, not in denial, but I was just feeling, I, I was, I've always been optimistic throughout this whole process yeah. and positive and just looking forward. Because I think you have to, you can't yeah. get delved in with, with what's going on. Um, but then I had... Uh, yeah, so they biopsied the tumour itself and, and it was cancer. And I was like, oh, that's rubbish. But they thought, okay, we've caught it in the early stages. It's just one tumour. Um, so it's, so it's, it's not a, huge, not a yeah. huge problem. And I was just like, okay, that's fine. Still, optimism carried on. I'd had a, I then had a PET scan, which is where they inject you with like a radioactive glucose of sorts, okay. which basically picks up any suspicious activity within the body i'm not i'm not very sciencey yeah. so i don't really know yeah, how yeah. it works <laughs> <It's a scientific laughs> sounds way. amazing it's though makes things <laughs> yellow um and um so that was six weeks after surgery but that showed up that the cancer has spread to my lymph nodes so that made it much more serious and it was around about stage three cancer at that point um so they were like right we need to get you into chemo as quickly as possible yeah. so that was around april may time 2017 and so i then had six cycles of chemo which involved um was three days one day was a really long day about eight hours of of two different drugs and i was just kind of there with an intravenous drip kind of like uh um so one long day and then two shorter days and then and then i it i repeated it three weeks later so it was like three weekly cycles 
so I did six weeks of that kind of throughout this time I um bless my boyfriend he took me on um holidays kind of in the kind of I'd say the the weekend it would be usually the weekend before I started chemo again because that would be when I would be feeling the best because it kind of first week I feel like crap second week I'm starting to feel better and then the third week I'm I'm almost back to normal yeah. um kind of throughout the um w- with chemo obviously that well I say I say obviously it was obvious to me that I that when you think about chemo you think of people losing their hair yeah. it's not actually the case with all chemos because I've got a friend um my beautiful friend Amy um Clapson who I absolutely love um she has um, bowel cancer and she had to go through chemo and when I met her she was on chemo but she still had a beautiful head of hair and so before I started chemo I I was kind of optimistic again thinking right well Amy didn't lose her hair I don't have to lose my hair either unfortunate case because the the cancer that I've got small cell ovarian cancer is very aggressive had to have an aggressive chemo to go with it which meant that the the first side effect they told me about was losing my hair and I was like like just yeah that was the, the yeah. first thing because obviously being an being an actor and having this, this kind of long blonde hair and it was part of it's my castability it's yeah. my personality it's my feminism it's it's, it's everything it's, yeah. um and so that was a big thing kind of losing it but um funnily enough I, I massively embraced it I, I embraced the yes bald, girl embraced the head and it was yeah um, amazing yeah it was fine um in the end, and actually, um, I was quite lucky, I guess, that it was um, over the summertime that I had the chemo, because yeah. um, I did have wigs that I wore on days where I wasn't feeling so great about yeah. it, um, but a lot of the time, I'd just go around with the head out, and, yeah. and it was Work. kind of like, yeah, yes, it's like, queen. yeah, people do this as a style choice. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I even went to an audition, actually. Uh, I decided to, um, this, was, this was, I think, towards the very end of chemo. Um, kind of around August time and um, my agent at the time um, was it was incredibly supportive throughout mm-hmm. it I had to kind of told him what was happening and um, said to him look I'm probably not going to be at my best I'm going to lose my hair and, and things like that but he was absolutely amazing and, and said look it like I'll put you up for certain things if big things come yeah. along and one of these was the uh, Joseph tour and um, he and he was like look you I've got, I've got you this if you feel up to it, you can go. And I was just like, absolutely. Yes. And so, but I kind of said to him, I was like, should I go with a wig on? Because like, I had a wig that kind of, that was like a short, short blonde kind of, I call her Julie because okay. it's just like very Julianne, <laughs> Julianne Joseph-esque. Um, and I, I said, should I, should I wear a wig or should I not? And he said, do whatever you feel comfortable with. Yeah. And I just thought, you know what, fuck it. I'll look different and I'll, I'll, I'll go in and I'll have I'll have no hair and it's fine and they won't know that yeah. I've got cancer. I mean, they probably had a clue <laughs> that I had cancer, but I went I in don't and, know and that. well, well maybe not. But it was a lovely audition. I Bill Bill Kenwright's lot of really really nice people Amazing. to audition for actually. Um, I didn't get the job obviously, but um, he, I I felt like it was a good a good audition and yeah. I kind of yeah kind of went went right through it. But um, but I kind of throughout throughout chemo and to kind of keep me from feeling positive um and even before I started when I knew that I was going to lose my hair I I decided that I'd cut it off and donate it to the Little Princess Trust mm-hmm. um just to kind of give I mean I I see it as putting a positive spin on a negative situation yeah. I guess and and so I I did that and then um I posted a video on Facebook actually to kind of say look I'm doing this if anyone can donate 
Um, here's, here's a Just Giving page that I've put up. Um, and I donate, donate what you can, big or small. And I ended up raising 15 grand. Yes! Which was... Which was oh, my... Bonkers. Yeah. I, I, I was expecting my 500 quid, yeah. something like that, just some supportive friends and stuff. But yeah, I think I about two, about two grand in, in a weekend or something, which was which was crazy. But, um, but anyway, so after chemo, it looked as if the, um, the cancer had gone away. Um, and then three months later, um, it showed that it had come back again. And that's exactly what my first oncologist had, had said to yeah. us before we even started chemo. She said, look... It's, it's something that this this type of cancer. It's it's going to be hard to get rid of. It's one of those ones where you may be able to find something to control it, but it's probably never going to go away. Okay. I don't believe that. I I believe that there is a way to get rid of yeah. it. There are other people that have got the same cancer as me that have got rid of it, and I awesome. intend to join that group yes. of people. Um, yeah. So so uh, so three three months later, it come back, and but I was very lucky, and I got sent over to the Royal Marsden Hospital in Chelsea, which are their um, specialist in cancer research. Um, and so I met up with the kind of the head oncologist guy. Um, his name was Martin Gore. He sadly passed away at the beginning of this year, really suddenly. It was terrible. Um, absolutely amazing man. But he managed to wangle a way for me to get onto a clinical trial um, for a drug, and it was a phase two. So it's kind of Phase one is where they, um, I guess, t- test it out, the, the safety of it yeah. and, and, ver- and different um, amounts of the treatment. And you'll, it, it's quite um, intrusive on life in, stage, in, in, in phase one, as far as I'm aware. But this was a stage two trial. And it absolutely turned my world around for a, for a year and a half. I was Amazing. able to live well with cancer. Yeah. And it, it's something that I that never thought would be a possibility. And so within that year and a half, I did... Uh, I was still raising money for the Princess Trust at this point, um, as well as um, ovarian cancer action. But I, I did the London Marathon. I, Stop! I, oh, my God! Yeah! I, I th- it was th- th- this was a year where I was kind of like, right... Because I've always been massively into fitness and, yeah, and kind of that's amazing. Just challenge. I just love a challenge, and my boyfriend's a fitness fanatic as well. And so, um, but I was like, right, I'm gonna. And the other reason was I was going to run the London Marathon the year I was diagnosed. Okay. But obviously, couldn't do yeah. it at that point. And so I was just like, right, I was gonna do it last year. I had my mindset amazing. on it. I'm gonna do it this year. And so ran the London Marathon. Um, and um, completed it. Yeah. <laughs> Honestly, I'd done a 10K in summer and I threw up at the finish line. Oh. So my heart goes off to anyone that does a marathon. Like, uh, it was. Blimey. The training's the hardest part, though. That's imagine. the thing. Like, the, the actual day. I mean, yes, it was absolutely impossible if it fell to times and I cried for like the last four miles. But you've I think. done it. But I did it. And the, the training was the hardest part. Um, just kind of those runs on your own and yeah. the, the long ones where you're like, oh, make it stop. Yeah. Congratulations. Um, That's yeah. incredible. Yeah, but I did that. And then, and then little, um, little to my awareness, my mum, who's always been into cycling, signed us both up for the. Um, Prudential Ride London, which is a hundred miles around oh London God. and Surrey, on a bike. Um, I now love cycling. Ever since then, it's Amazing. it's such a nice thing to do. I, I mean, fair weather cyclist only wouldn't wouldn't cycle in the rain. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did that, and then after doing that, I looked up kind of because because they're they're all events run by um, this the same the same kind of big company in yeah. London. And there was a third event that you can do within that kind of um, within the range, and it was a two mile open water swim. And if and if I did that, I'd get the London Classics medal, which is wow. this 
metalwork about this big. And most people try and do that kind of in, in a lifetime. And, and I was like, I'm going to do it in a year. I'll be that person too oh in a year. And so I'm quite a good swimmer anyway, though. So I, like, I'd never done open water swimming before. And that's oh, a whole different kettle of fish. But, um, but yeah, I did that. And so that was kind of, that was my time to kind of prove to myself that I was still there and that cancer hadn't, hadn't affected me yeah. physically. And I just, yeah, I wanted to pr- prove to myself, not yeah. necessarily to anyone else. And obviously raise, I did the Marathon for the Princess Trust, did the Prudential for ovarian cancer action mm. um and then the swim for myself I just, I'm just, I'm just yes do it. do it for you yeah. that's amazing um so yeah so I did all that and then um unfortunately it was this year around April time um because I'd been having scans every four weeks mm. that's why this this trial was so great was because I I only had to go in once every four weeks they were tablets it was nothing amazing. like I could get on with my life yeah. and I could go back to working as well like for, like we said the the muggle the, job the, the life. Muggle, muggle muggle job jobs life. and, and <laughs> up and downy things. Yeah. And I did a lot of, um, well, not a lot of, but I, I kind of got into kind of TV acting and stuff. Amazing. I did some short films and things. So that was great. And then in April, I kind of, like I said, had, had scans every eight weeks. Basically, where we thought that these scans had been showing no activity at all and just kind of stable mm-hmm. was the word that they'd used quite a lot. In actual fact, there'd been two specific tumours that had continued to grow um, over the course of the year, very, very slowly. But over the course of a year and a half, that was enough of a, an accumulation for them to think, OK, this, these tumours aren't responding to mm-hmm. this treatment anymore. Um, so that was that was such horrible news because we just we thought we thought this was it we thought this was the the, the magical tablet that was going to allow me to control it for the yeah. rest of my life and I was just like if I have to do that and and take these tablets for the rest of my life I am so yeah. keen but no it wasn't to be so we decided to because um, we had these two tumors that turned out were on my ab muscle, so on the rectus abdominis muscle, which is okay. the six-pack muscle. Yeah. I spoke to the surgeons and they said, look, we can remove it. We can remove the tumour and we can remove a section of your muscle mm. and and that should be it. There's no other sign of any of any other cancer floating around. Okay. And at that time I was like, right, this, these are the last two. This is it. There's nothing else in there. Get rid of them. Yeah. So I did it. Got rid of them. Nasty surgery, nasty recovery. I'm still recovering now. So this was the, the surgery was in end of June. And I was told by, because it had to be the plastic surgeons that basically re, um, kind of reconstructed the muscle with yeah. a kind of mesh. Yeah. And that's been the hardest thing to kind of deal with because it's, it's I guess, this foreign body inside me and it's um, having to fix, fix yeah, itself. Yeah, and so I was told I couldn't do any activity, any, nothing but walk for three months and then slowly you could introduce things. And, and this is after me running running marathon cycling and swimming yeah. last year. And I was thinking, what am I going to do? How am I going to do? I mean, he made me think, okay, it's three months. It's mm-hmm. not my whole life. It's exactly. not, I, yeah. I can go back to doing things and I'll, I'll be able to. But it's it's been really hard not doing yeah. anything and having to control myself. Yeah. And, but and when that's such a big part of your life as yeah. well, to then not be, like, being told you need to take it really easy I can mm. imagine that can be yeah it's, it's hard as well I'm almost getting um <laughs> I'm almost getting jealous of my boyfriend because he's like a like I said he's a he's a bit of a fitness fanatic and like yeah and, and he's getting to, going to the gym and, and playing hockey matches yeah. and, and things and I'm there like <laughs> I can't do anything 
but it's fine. A small small price to pay for yeah. what I thought was getting the cancer out forever. Mm. Unfortunately, three weeks after that, I had a scan that showed that there were four more areas that had popped up that cancer had had come up and whether it was because I'd stopped taking this this drug that had been controlling it for a year and a half or whether it was because the the surgery had caused inflammation that the that the cancer cells didn't like or or something I have no idea and I'll never know and that's something I need to put to bed um but that kind of meant right we need to we need to think of a plan c now like there's we got we got to do something we got to do it fast because within the three weeks I was waiting to have a scan. It had grown, I think the largest one, had, uh, the largest tumour had grown to three centimetres. Yeah. So it was really scary and it was growing very, very quickly. And so whereas I had not wanted to go down this route before, um, I had no, had no choice but to start radiotherapy. Yeah. Um, and it was a full abdominal radiotherapy because there was kind of, I guess, these four or five places where the cancer is. They can't, they couldn't just radiate one area they had to do the whole of my abdomen basically anywhere where the cancer had ever been they're radiating so the whole the whole of my tummy area and my pelvis um but it's meaning I'm losing my fertility which is something that I was always trying to avoid because I'm 27 and I'm with a guy that I love and I I wanted to have his babies I wanted to have pretty pretty blue-eyed kind of olive-skinned babies um but that sadly is not to be. Again, I've put that to bed because it's no point dwelling over it. And I know there are other ways in which you can you can have yeah. children and, and adoption and surrogacy and things like that. And so it's not it's not gone forever. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm doing radiotherapy now, but we're now at the point where I am sick of having treatment. I'm so angry yeah. that I'm having to go through this at my age with so much to live for that we're, we're now at the point where we're like, right, we don't want to just do this, wait wait for it to come back, do yeah. this, wait for it to come back. We want to hit it with everything that we possibly can. And so um, I'm on radiotherapy now, but what, what we are doing is there's a treatment called immunotherapy, which is a relatively new treatment. Um, it was discovered about two years ago, actually. So probably around the time I was diagnosed was yeah. when it was first coming about. It's available on the NHS for other cancers. I know it's available for lung cancer, mm. um, potentially um, potentially other cancers as well, but I'm not too sure. Um, but unfortunately, it's not available for ovarian cancer yet. Mm. But it's not something that I'm planning to wait around for for it to become available because mm. I don't have I don't have that luxury. It's not a slow growing cancer. It's very aggressive, very fast growing, and so and I want to get rid of it now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have, I've decided and my family have decided and, and as a friend, kind of a friend community group, we are going, we, we've kind of come together and we're going to raise money for immunotherapy. Now, it's going to cost roughly for, a two, for two years of treatment, if, if that can, that's the maximum amount of treatment mm-hmm. you can have on it, it's going to cost £250,000. Mm-hmm. So... We, we need all the help we can get. Yeah. So um, we've been we've been kind of running a campaign now um, for about the last two weeks now. Um, I'm quite lucky that I've got an incredibly supportive well group of people, but um, incredibly supportive godfather, um, David, um, who um, I mean the both of them are into singing and we we've done gigs together and stuff. And so mm-hmm. love them to pieces. But he also runs an advertising agency, and so he's been incredibly kind and. 
offered to kind of using his resources and his yeah, team to kind of create this beautiful campaign for me um, and just get it out there to as many people as possible. So within two weeks, we've actually managed to raise 70 grand that's already. Um, that's all, So that's already 25% of the yeah. target that we're aiming for. And so that I'm absolutely chuffed with that. But it's one of those things where it's it'll... We, we got a huge sum. I think we, we reached about 50 grand within a week. Um, but it's it's going to slow down and it will... It, 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 we, it is going to be difficult to get mm. to that, that 250,000. So at this point, we're kind of... And I say we because it's not me. It's my whole, it's my whole friendship group. Yeah. It's my whole family. It's, it's everyone is going through this. We just need to get this out to as many people as yeah. possible who are willing to not just donate. So obviously the donations are important, but if you're unable to donate, sharing it and yeah. sharing it to everybody and anybody in any way... Um, or or doing fundraisers or and I, and I know that there are places doing like cake sales and things for Amazing. me in my hometown and and it's just that's that yeah that's what we're aiming to do is Amazing. just to raise all this money and once I finish radiotherapy hopefully within a week or two of finishing that whilst the cancer cells are still uh, from yeah. the radiotherapy we want to punch them in the face yes and just get just get them out get it out get, them out. get it out. Yeah, amazing. So that's my long, long story for the that's last two years. Story. And for anyone listening, um, the link for the fundraising is on our Twitter and Instagram in the bio. We'll also put an attachment onto the information part of this podcast so you can go and donate and share it. It'll be all over social media. Um, so please, please do share it. Hello, it's Stephen from King Manual Therapy in Covent Garden. And I'm going to talk to you today about why we pair singing lessons and vocal massage. This is a unique service in London, and we pair singing lessons with vocal massage to keep the vocal athlete, the professional vocalist, in top condition. This means that you are going to get an audition through and know you can nail it. All the details for how to book in for your joint vocal massage and singing lesson are on my website, which is www.kingmanualtherapy.com. I have to say as well, you are so incredibly positive, like you say, about just thinking forward. Um, how has it been being able to obviously take care of your mental health whilst dealing with f- physical health at the same time? Oh, that I mean, that's been that's been a massive up up and down for yeah. me. It's been, I think I think I don't know. Maybe I'm. I'm I'm very proud. I'm a very proud person, and I'm um, I, I guess I consider myself as quite a strong person as well. Yeah. But I think even the strongest people do need help at times. I've I've actually not sought help throughout this this two years. Really, I've I've been my my mum's really wanted me to, and and I think I don't know perhaps it would have been helpful for me to go and see um, I don't know a Macmillan nurse yeah. or um, I don't know a, a type of counsellor where I could just kind of go there yeah. and. and and rant and be angry at the world and things because I am a positive person and I I kind of and it's it's not a mask because I because it's real I am positive and I am optimistic Mm -hmm. and I um and I and I want to and I want to show that to everybody to show to show that I am strong and and because when you're strong and when you're positive I really believe that it changes your body chemistry I do and, and I want that positivity kind of punching the cancer as it goes past yes um I'm now going to think of that absolutely absolutely (laughs) um but I mean there there are moments where I've I 
I don't feel strong and where I am upset mm-hmm. and angry yeah. and and I and I mean I bless my bro- my boyfriend gets the brunt of it um you because I guess he's the person that I'm yeah. with the, with the majority of the time um I guess I'm never angry I'm not ever angry with him or or anything it's more just he'll he'll have to be the person to kind of patch yeah. me up um I mean in terms of the kind of the acting industry I've I've had to kind of put my I guess the musical theatre element of my performing, which is what I what I trained in and what I've always wanted to do, I've kind of had to put that on pause just because it's hard to commit to things where you're having to go to a sodding hospital appointment every few yeah, weeks. It's um, it's it's really hard, and so I've like I haven't done I haven't performed in a show since Legally Blonde in two thousand and sixteen, and and I'm. But what I have done, I've kind of, I've settled a little bit in the last couple of years for second best, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, well, it's not second best; it's still excellent, but it's it's not what I necessarily want to do. Yeah. But kind of like TV and and short films and things, and it's yeah. um, I guess it's another string to my bow as well because it's a completely different skill set. But it's yeah, I've I haven't I haven't been able to pursue what I really really want mm-hmm. to pursue, and and there have been moments where um, I don't know I had a. a a, a muggle job that I really liked, um, kind of working working for a startup, and I was just working in customer services for them, and they offered me a full time position there, and I was really really considering taking it. Maybe it was the beginning of this year. I think it was the beginning of this year. I was really considering taking it because I was like I was doing these the the in between jobs, the promo, the yeah the the teaching assistant work all this stuff and it was I just wasn't happy and then I found this job and I was really enjoying it had a lovely group of colleagues and um and and I was there were were office dogs you know happiness is dogs um (laughs) and yeah so I I was just like right and I said to my boyfriend I was just like look I I might work for this startup you know like who knows where it could take me and and things Absolutely. and told him what the salary would be and he was like you are not giving up your dream Amazing. for that like if it was a job that was offering you a lot of money as a salary yeah then by all means like if and if that if that's something that will make you happy but especially something that isn't really going to I guess ha- help you in a, a lot in yeah. terms of that and enable enable you to save and things like that. All these logistics. Do not give up your dream for something that is that is second yeah. best. And I I can't thank him enough because it yeah. like at my lowest point where I thought that the stupid cancer is stopping me from doing what I want to do and 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 this would be the easy way out. At my lowest point, he picked me up and he was the person that kind of got me to keep going yeah. and, and keep acting and keep pursuing my dream because I mean there are loads of actors out there that have been diagnosed with cancer beaten it and are famous yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't want to be famous but, I, <laughs> but they, they're continuing to pursue their career yeah. so why can't I exactly um, and you met your boyfriend was it two months before you were yeah. diagnosed yeah yeah it was, uh, it was absolutely bonkers so I'm um, yeah I met him um Oh, he'll hate me for saying that. But I'll say it anyway. Um, so we play for the same hockey club. I joined Amazing. a um, hockey club, um, East London Hockey Club. I love them to pieces. They are <laughs> excellent people. 
and he played for the hockey club as well. And, and my coach at the time was getting so annoyed at me because I kept I kept not being able to play the games because I was injured. I had an ankle injury. Okay. Um, now my boyfriend's a physio, so um, and he he played for club and and so my my coach said right go and see this guy go see Carl. He's a physio. He'll give you a club discount because because I said look I, I can't afford a physio. Yeah, They're ridiculously expensive. So expensive. Um, I'm an actor. I have no money. <laughs> um, and. And so I went to see Carl, and he's a beautiful, beautiful man. <laughs> he, he is olive-skinned, he's got blue eyes, he's got amazing hair. And I was just like, wow, he's so nice. No flirting involved in oh. this in this consultation, though. No flirting. He really? Was, he was incredibly professional. Okay. We just kind of small-talked, and he asked about me whilst fiddling with my feet Ooh. and things. You know, a very, very romantic first meeting, as you do. Um, but... Um, then I continued the kind of, you know, the odd WhatsApp yes. here and there, kind of like, so what are you doing today? <laughs> or do you like travelling? Because I'm subtle as a gun. Um, yeah, so we just ended up, you know, having like our flirty chats and things. I mean, he was playing the game though. I'd message him and then he'd wait a day no. to respond to me. And then I'd send a message back straight away and then he'd wait a day. Carl, and, like, come on, Carl. Oh, no. But he still does it now though. Does Even he? I, like, I, I don't get it. I don't get a message from him for ages. He's terrible at communication, so it's fine. Like, at least that's continued. Yeah. Yes, yeah, consistency. Um, and then so uh, finally, it got to about a month of kind of sending these messages and, and kind of messing around with yeah. me being like, why isn't he responding to me? He doesn't like me. Um, so finally, I sent him a message, and this is not my proudest moment at all. I'm actually quite embarrassed of this. I'm so excited. I, I think I asked him out about three times in one message. Oh my gosh, what do you mean? Right, so... <laughs> Uh, and I know, and I know this because we, I don't know, we 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 had a little bit of a laugh and looked back on on all of our WhatsApp messages. I love uh, it. It was like last year or something because I think he still had the same phone. So <laughs> look back on all of the WhatsApp messages we've ever sent each other. It was hilarious. Oh the beginning gosh. bit because we'd look at the time and the date, and I'd be like, oh my god, I messaged you back like thirty seconds oh after. Oh my god. Um, but this particular message, and it's ingrained in my brain now, said something like. Oh hi! So I'm going to see a panto tonight. If you wanted to come with me, like that'd be it'd be great because I've got a spare ticket. Um, I mean, if you can't make it tonight, I know it's last minute, so don't worry about it. Um, so, uh, but we could meet up for 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 a drink on Friday if you wanted to, which would which would be really cool. But um, yeah, I mean, but if you can't make that, you know, like we could always, um, you know, we were talking about going to see Jersey Boys, so we could um, we could go see that next week instead. Like, I don't, yeah, I don't know. Here's all these options. So so yeah, see something. It's just like I love it. I mean, I met up for a drink on the Friday night, and we did go and see Jersey Boys. So there you ha. are, boom, in the bag. But booking him in, I've got to book him in in advance. Still, I still have to book him I in advance because he's so busy. I love it. <laughs> but he is—he is amazing. And for someone that had met me two months before, a load of shit kicked off. Yeah. He stayed with me the whole time and has supported me the whole time. And and where he wouldn't have ever dreamed of moving in with someone after four months, he did with me because oh he wanted God. to look after me. And and That's he beautiful. is a dream. But he doesn't... It's, he doesn't coddle me. Like, my mum, my bless her, love her to pieces, does tend to coddle me a bit, yeah. um, especially kind of after surgery and kind of rec- and recovery and things yeah. like that. It's very, very much kind of mummy looking after her baby. Um, but Carl... 
isn't he's not the biggest at, at sympathy he's very much a problem solver and so okay. he would and through chemo as well he'd be like right okay up we get what we're doing or like, okay let's book a holiday or kind of like, let's let's go out and do something just to not not allow me to mope yeah I mean yes he gives me time to if I'm feeling sad he'll let me be sad yeah. and he's very supportive but he also is like right how can we fix this yeah. um I mean the, the day that I was told which is one of the one of the nastiest days in the last in the last um kind of few months when I found out that that the cancer had come back after the most mm-hmm. recent surgery was I was, I was very lucky that he was in the meeting with me because he, he wouldn't have usually, he'd usually have been at work, but he yeah. took, the, took the day off work and, and came to the yeah. meeting with me. My parents were at my sister's graduations that day, so okay. they couldn't make it. Yeah. Um, thank goodness Carl was there because um, that was really nasty news to find out and I just kind of, like, I, I broke down, I really did, and I was kind of... And he, he was just there and, and kind of arm around me, kind of hold, holding me tight and kind of just just telling me it would be okay and there are there are times when that's all you need to hear yeah. you just need to hear look everything's going to be okay yeah. and I kind of and after about a thousand times of him telling me that I kind of I, I believed him and, yeah but he was like after allowing me the time to feel sad he was like right what show are we going to see then and so we went to go and see Joseph, which is great fun. And the Palladium. Yeah, yes. yeah, we went to go see Sheridan Smith, who is a goddess. Yes, queen. I love her. Queen. <laughs> um, and that was great. And I had the most delicious vegan burger I've ever eaten in my yes. life at a place opposite the Palladium, and it was amazing. Um, I, I just, I obviously didn't forget about it, but I, mm. I, I don't know, it just, it, it massively took my mind off it, and I enjoyed it, and I was up dancing at the end, and, Amazing. and those are the things, those are the times you need that, you need someone yeah. to kind of not, al- not allow you to spiral, yeah, because I yeah. think in terms of, in terms of mental health, it's, you need, you need, sometimes you, it's yourself that you need to stop yourself spiraling, but if that, if it's a case where that you can't, you can't do it yourself, you need someone to help you, yeah, and that's what, then that's what he did, so he was, he was my knight in shining armor. Oh, it seems like you've got an amazing group of love and support yes. around you. I think that's important to everyone as well, regarding mental health. You need you need that support. You need that. Yeah, absolutely. Those people to, like you say, to to lift you up. Yeah, you know I mean, no, you massively do. I completely agree. So when are you getting married then? That's what I want to know. Oh my goodness. I love well, it. I hint at him. By t- like he, he's invited to loads of weddings all the time. And, and you're just sitting there like. I'm just like. Patiently waiting. No, he's, um, he's, he, he's a bit of a commitment player, bless him. So it's fine. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to wait. <laughs> yeah. Wait for him, wait for him. So... um. Throughout this experience, if you had to give anyone in the creative arts any advice, because I feel like when you're doing, like we say, the muggle jobs and the auditioning, our, our views of life can get very, very distorted. And I mean, we lose perspective on what's important in life. Yeah. If you could give any advice to anyone that is massively struggling at the moment with mental health um, or getting caught up in that distorted image of the industry... What would you say? Wow. Um, Sorry, that's a huge one for the question. <laughs> no, no. It's um, an excellent question, which I hope I will answer well. Um, that, I mean, 
there are there are so many times where you do you could you do completely lose perspective of what's important be it your own happiness or the fact that you need to earn money to pay your rent and and but you're earning so much money and spending so much time paying your ridiculously expensive rent in London that you're not going to classes or you're not you or you're turning down that audition because you're trying to earn money to live in London but why are you living in London you're living in London because you want to be an actor you want to yeah. be a performer and and so it, it takes a big swing in the wrong direction and so I think it's re- it's important for actors and performers to remain true to themselves and happiness being the first and foremost important thing yeah. within w- within life, I think, kind of, be it, well, I don't know, if earning money and, and, and the muggle job that you're in, which is allowing you to earn money but miss auditions, but if that's mm. what making you happy, then do that. Then, like, you don't have to pressurise yourself to be in the industry if that's not what makes you happy because that's a perspective you lose as well I think a lot of actors will be so I mean I know know personally I kind of feel this a lot of the time where I I almost feel I I have to prove to to other people um that like I went to drama school and I and my my parents paid for the first year of my drama Mm -hmm. school and and it's almost like I feel like I, I need to repay them by, by being successful yeah. within the industry that I've chosen and but you, it, you put so much pressure on yourself to do that that you you kind of you lose sight of the most important thing which is being happy mm. like I said like I I very almost gave up on it at the beginning of this year and kind of settled for a, a kind of a customer services job for a startup that was making me happy kind of when I was there mm. but thinking long term and and kind of to know like do I want to work in customer services and speak to people that are angry about mm. things like regardless of where I could move in the company is that what I really want to do no it's not mm. I don't I don't want to do that so like as much as it was making me happy in the short term it wasn't going to make me happy in the long term being an actor and yeah. being a successful actor and kind of having the time to to become a successful actor, that is what's going to make me happy in the yeah. long term. And and it will make me happy that I've continued to follow my dreams and stay true to myself. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, in um, long story short, <laughs> always stay true to yourself, be it something that's making you happy or or following your dream yeah. that you started with. Just yeah, be true to yourself because that will solve solve the, the issues I think absolutely absolutely and um, so for any women out there what are the symptoms to look for right so symptoms of ovarian cancer they um like I said before I didn't know that they were happening because I'm the type of person that I kind of plow through if I'm feeling poorly I plow through and I think all performers are yeah um and 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 I know for me per, me personally I always had kind of IBS-ish Problems. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, since being on, since being on radiotherapy, I know I did not have IBS <laughs> symptoms, and so I take my hat off to people with IBS, and I have so much more empathy now because that is not cool. Um, anyway, I digress. Um, 
Uh, yeah, so um, symptoms-wise, I had them all, and it was um, bloating was the first and foremost thing that I noticed. I um, And again, as an actor, as a performer, I was doing the whole comparing my, my look and comparing my weight and being yeah. like, here's a picture of me in January and here's a picture of me now. Why have I put on weight? Right, let's go to the gym. Mm. That was not the reason why I, I looked fatter. It was because I had a tumour inside me. Yeah. So you've got to think kind of if, if you've not done anything drastic to change like don't don't be hard on yourself mm. I was so hard on myself um so yes bloating is the first one um losing my appetite I love food I'm a foodie and I I was I but by by the time I actually went in to have my surgery the only things that I could really eat without and it wasn't necessarily feeling sick it was more just I don't fancy that and Mm. and just things repulsing me a little bit things that would usually be absolutely fine but lilt I loved lilt oh my god I could not get enough of lilt and um like just like simple pastory stuff like I but like other things I just I just lost my appetite and usually I love food um so that's another one so um so bloating eating so b b e then um, abdominal pain or abdominal discomfort um, obviously had a big tumour inside me yeah. so that's one of those things and and again that was one of the things that I kind of put down to maybe IBS feelings yeah. because I, I was just like my, my tummy's my tummy's not mm-hmm. my tummy's a bit funny anyway and so I just kind of okay um, but yeah so kind of looking out for that so A abdominal pain and then um, uh, T is toilet so um Need to go to the loo more often, because yeah. um, I, I I think I remember getting up about five times in the night to go to the toilet, and I'm not an old lady, yeah. <laughs> and I felt like I was like eighty. Oh my god! I was going up all the time, and it was ridiculous. And so um, so that's a massive one. I'd say that's probably um, so so overall it it makes B E A T, which I think is quite appropriate, yeah. isn't it? Um, so um, bloating, eating, abdominal pain or abdominal discomfort and toilet um so yeah they're, they're ones to look out for but um and in hindsight and hindsight's always a bitch isn't it i i had all of the symptoms but i did not know about yeah. them at the time and so i've i've tried my best and 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 try, tried to do a lot of kind of raising awareness with ovarian yeah. cancer action the, the charity to just i mean specifically i mean i mean in, in terms of like personally for me it's specifically for young people because like cancer just cancer in general has a stigma of just affecting old people yeah um and obviously and like leukemia for kids but you don't there's a middle ground of people that you don't think suffer from it so i think i think um, especially when the symptoms are quite like subtle do you know know what i mean there is not like severe pain it's like slight changes but yeah. and if you've got like IBF or whatever um I- IBF no IB S IBS definitely IBS you wouldn't think any any different especially no. performance like you say when we are go 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 all right okay it's like I'm having to pee more I'll just ignore that mm. addition 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 when actually take a step back look yeah. at what's really going on it's I just I, I, I genuinely just thought I was burning the candle at both ends because I do that yeah. I, I do that all the time Burn I, it, I, yeah. and, and we, I think we all do yeah, in the industry absolutely. we all burn the candle at both ends 
And yeah, but I like the biggest bit of advice that I would give is that if something doesn't feel right, it's probably because it's not right. Yeah. And that's a big thing that my friend Amy, the, who I mentioned yeah. earlier, that has bowel cancer, that's what she's been trying to get across to people and kind of and put out there, um, is that you, you, you need to be aware of your body. And if it doesn't feel right, it's probably because it's not right. I mean, and the thing is, no one has ever been sent to the doctor's and got a smacked bottom for yeah, being concerned checking. about something and checking and there's and and that's what I didn't do I didn't check I didn't I didn't listen to my body and mm. I didn't I didn't go to the doctor when I first thought uh, something's not quite yeah. right eh, it's fine I and and you can you really can you are allowed to be concerned and best case is it's nothing. Yeah. And it probably it, it probably I don't know eight eight nine times out of ten it would be nothing. But yeah. you don't want to be that. You don't want to be me and be that one out of ten person um, that isn't lucky and that and that there is something really seriously wrong. Mm. It's um, it's important. Yeah. It's taking care of our mental and physical health as best as possible. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we always finish with the same question on our podcast, Ooh. and it is. Could you walk into a room today and say, I'm having a bad mental health day? Not today. No. I think I'm having a good day today. Because, I don't know. Well, many reasons. I'm speaking to you and, and, we're, and we're doing this and we're raising awareness of cancer and we're raising awareness of my, of my fundraiser and it's, it's all lots and lots of positive things yeah. going on today. I know, slight negative is maybe I'm not... I'm not on stage performing, but you I will be. But I will be. I'm actually a plug, 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 plug. plug. Um, I'm going to be part of um, Voices from Across the World, which is a new musical workshop um, that has been written by Tim Thomas, and that's going to be on from the 9th to the 12th of October at the Cockpit Theatre. Get your tickets. Go, 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 Yay. go, go, go. Um, but yes, I'm very excited for that. So yes, today is a good day. No, no, no mental health in me today. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for coming to chat to us today. Oh, thank and you. again. Please go and donate. We'll put the links everywhere for everyone listening. Um, we finish with another game, Ooh, Susie. I love this games. is finish the sentence. Yes. The first thing I do in the morning is wake up. Really yes. Fine. My not so guilty pleasure is eating a Mars bar ice cream. Oh my god! At yes. like eleven o'clock in the morning. Did I do that today? Yes, I did. Ooh. Oh my god! <laughs> Absolute fucking goals. Yes. I really want one now. Oh. I really want one. Mental health to me is... Important to get a handle on. If there is one piece of advice I would give to anyone, it would be... Be happy. Make sure you're happy. But it's okay to not be happy all yeah. the time. But be happy more than yourself. Absolutely. My favourite party dish is... <laughs> a Sputnik. Oh, a Sputnik. What is that? It's like a big... You Okay, traditionally it really would be a grapefruit. Oh, wow. Or it can be a big orange where you put cocktail sticks in with pineapple and cheese. Oh, yeah, it looks like the hedgehog. Yeah, Sputnik. Oh, my God, I did not know that's what it... Yeah. I, was, I thought that was called a party hedgehog. <laughs> Sputnik. Yeah. Sputnik. There we are, folks. If you thought it was a party hedgehog, you are corrected. <laughs> Today I am grateful for... Being here and talking to you. Oh. Likewise, yeah. likewise. Last one, my favourite one. My go-to shower song is... 
what bacon can do from waitress. Oh that's so yes. stagey. No, oh I love God. it. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for coming to chat to us today on the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to Industry Minds and we hope you enjoyed this week's episodes. Don't forget to subscribe to be the first to listen to our new episodes which are out every Thursday. If you are interested in our counselling service, please email maryindustryminds at gmail.com or just get in touch with us. For news on future guests and events, oi oi, please check out our Instagram and Twitter accounts over at Industry Minds UK. Thank you so much for listening and we'll be back with you soon. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.